0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. dtw Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network as we take a look at the recent hires of Alabama. Nick Saban on his coaching staff. In particular, the offensive coordinator Tommy Reese coming over from Notre Dame. I want to get into that. I want to remind you, though, that you can get the most detailed information and analysis on the college and pro game over at LandryFootball.com. Breakdowns of the Super Bowl, breakdowns of free agency, the draft, everything NFL, everything college football, breaking down transfer portal, recruiting, you you name it, we got it over at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of our scouting season offer that we have today. Uh, 50% off. It's the best deal that we've got going and you can, uh, get not only access to all this scouting season, off season, um, information, but it'll take you away all the way through next football season. So it's the best deal we got and we think you're going to absolutely love it. Well, I want to talk a little bit, much has been talked positively and negatively about Alabama's coordinator hires. I'm going to talk briefly about Kevin Steele who I've known for years and Nick Saban's known for years. Uh, He was one of his first hires when Nick Saban got the job at Alabama, very experienced with the program. Um, The one thing you got to understand is that having somebody on the defensive side is completely different than what Nick has on the offensive side on the defensive side. The, there's a staple of what Nick wants to do, how we call it. <coughs> what are we going to do? He basically is the defensive coordinator, even though he gives the title to someone and that someone has to coordinate the defense. It's coordinating it exactly like he wants, which is why when people criticize, and it's fair to criticize all you want, Pete Golding, Pete Golding was doing exactly what Nick Saban asked him to do. They didn't win enough, and one of the problems that Nick Saban had in this coaching cycle is the feeling in the coaching profession that both Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien are very good coaches who did very good jobs, but that if you take the job at Alabama, if you do well, the head coach is going to get credit for it. If you don't do well, you're going to get fired for it. It's just kind of the, the, the risk of doing business and working at, for Nick Saban at Alabama. Now, can somebody do it better? Uh, I have said the biggest thing that Nick Saban has to do, in my mind, and I think he's seeing it now. We, He and I have talked about this for a few years. He made the move to spread offenses a few years ago. He felt he needed to do that. The emphasis on the great receivers, the emphasis obviously on the great quarterbacks, and he's had a nice little run with with Tua and Mac Jones and Bryce Young, it's been a nice run of quarterback play. Nice, you know, group of receivers. All of that has been true. But what has happened is that Alabama's loss, forget their identity. Identity is only good if it's successful. I think Alabama's lost their physicality. I think Alabama's become more spread. And when you become spread, understand this. Your offensive line is retreating. It's pass blocking. It's not coming off the ball and moving people. And so when you say that, well, they're not running the ball enough. They're not running it well enough. And not running it well enough is the reason why they're not running it enough. They have basically at Alabama have turned themselves schematically into a mid-level, you know, power five school that has to outscore you, has to spread you out. Well, that's not Alabama. Alabama should be able to recruit, and they can recruit, and they're ranked high with rankings, but they don't have a physical offensive line. And that is the very reason why the defense hasn't been as good, folks. People don't get it. People think the offense is one thing, the defense is another. It is not. How you play offense affects how you play defense. Number one, how you play offense affects how your defense practices every day. Well, when the defense had to line up and defend G-power, downhill run, they were physical. They were tough. And the offense got tougher. The defense got tougher at the line of scrimmage. When you become spread, you just become more. We got to defend this. We got to defend that. We got to run multiple looks. We've got to do a lot of different things. You become more finesse.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere.
1: it had some success, it went too far to the point where they lost their physicality. Would he has seen in his own league, a team that has won the national championship two years in a row, a guy that coached for him, and certainly when the, when the likes of Jeremy Pruitt and, and certainly when Kirby Smart were defensive coordinators, what made them great is the fact that the offense was physical. The offense was tough. That's what was the difference. The other thing is when you play a football game, if you offensively can run the football, your defense is resting. Your defense is not on the field as much. Your defense is going to be better. So it's going to be tougher because you practice against it and you're built and emphasize it. Two, you're going to be on the field less common sense. If you're on the field for 48 snaps versus 68, you're going to give up more points on an average. Common sense math. Two, if you have a long sustained drives with offense, your defense has more time to rest between series, catch their legs, and adjust. All things that help your defense. In essence, they have been built towards the offensive side for – a few years, and it has been successful to a point, but they've lost their edge, at least as it relates to comparing to Georgia. Oh, I get it. People will say, oh, no, Chris, that Alabama two years ago would have beaten Georgia in the national championship game if those two receivers had not gotten hurt. Exactly why Georgia is better than Alabama right now. Because If you lose your two great receivers and your team is built around an offense, throwing the football, spreading around, well, then that's going to be a huge loss if you lose those two guys. They couldn't turn around and hand the football off and win the game in an alternative way against Georgia two years ago because they weren't built that way. And fans don't get this. Media doesn't get this. You can't become finesse and spread and then line up and say, all right, look, here in the red zone, we're going to hand the ball off and be tough and come off the ball. You can't do that. You don't, you're not prepared to do that. You're not built that way. You don't practice it enough. You are good at what you practice. You're good at what you do and strive to do. You're not good Because you do it in a game. You're good because you do it in a game because you do it every day in practice. And you identify a certain way. Alabama's lost that. And I think a couple of things with Kevin Steele. One, he knows what Nick Saban wants. Two, Pete Golding was a loyal soldier. Whatever Nick Saban said, he went and did. Kevin Steele has the relationship with Nick Saban to go to Nick Saban, not just as the defensive coordinator, but as the defensive coordinator and somebody that can say, Hey, coach, you're bleeping this up. Okay. This is bleeped up and our defense is not going to survive unless we become more physical, unless we become more line of scrimmage. So, If nothing else, if Kevin Steele can be the guy to go in and have the backbone because he's been around, he's older, he's not worried about his future, he needs somebody, Nick Saban needs somebody that can tell him. And and he needs to hear that. And he needs to hear it from somebody inside, not just from somebody like me who may see it on the outside, but he needs somebody on the inside. So I don't know that Kevin Steele is going to haul a better defense than Pete Golding. I think what's going to be better is that the whole identity of the team is going to be better and be more focused towards the defense and the running game on offense. That's going to be key, I think. I don't know, certainly. I can tell you Kevin Steele's not the long-term answer there. But I think, I think this is a sign that there's going to be a transition with how they're doing it this is what this move means to me now let me just say this again it was maybe the toughest coaching search for Nick Saban since he's been there because there are a couple of things that at play one is what I just mentioned certain coaches don't want to deal with you know the negativity that's going to come with hey I've um you know, done exactly what the head coach wants me to do and it's not working. So I'm going to get, you know, all the negative criticism and the head coach is going to, you know, not take the, not, not necessarily take the responsibility, but not take the heat off of me. There was certainly opportunities for Nick Saban to say, look, the guys have done exactly what I've asked them to do the way I've asked them to do it. He chose not to do that. That, in essence, and by the moves of these guys moving on, and both have found new jobs and new coordinators but before being let go. That's how Nick does it. That became an issue with certain guys not wanting to deal with that. Um, the other thing is you're dealing with how long is Nick Saban going to coach. We're not talking five-year stretches anymore. We're talking year-to-year with Nick Saban. Now, I mean, if I had to guess, I think maybe two, three more years. I don't know. It could be five. But the bottom line is we're not talking, well, five more years definitely. We're talking year to year. And and I think the years go by pretty fast and he's still healthy. He things are going the way he wants. I think the one year is going to quickly lead to another year and another. And we could look back and and say that it's going to be and we can see that it's been five years. But I think right now This is a transition. This is a pivotal moment because I fully believe he's going to turn things around. But if he doesn't, then that's where I think he may see where he's not having the impact. He's not able to hire the guys he wants to hire. Maybe if he begins to, and he's not had any slip off here before, if there's any slip off in recruiting, then you start to see things become closer to the end. None of those things have really taken place other than the fact that it was a little more challenging to find the coordinators this time. The other factor was the defensive guy had to be somebody that he knows. I think we know that Jeremy Prudy is somebody that he liked. He was unhirable at this point. Uh, He's got a young guy that he hired from Southern Miss that may be a future defensive coordinator type at an Alabama that has been hired as an analyst. So, and defensive assistant. So that's kind of what he's done there on the offensive side. A lot of offensive guys that the fans would want them to hire folks. If they want to become more physical and they want to be more line of scrimmage, you don't go hire, You know, the TCU offensive coordinator who Clemson hired, which is going to be a good fit for them, but that's not what Nick Saban wanted. He, clearly did not want to hire a, what we call a strong willed offensive coordinator that wanted to do his thing. That was going to do things a certain way. Bill O'Brien did what Nick Saban asked him to do, but Bill O'Brien is someone that could go and, as he is going back to new England. There were other NFL people interested and he's got, He's built his future, and he's built his his reputation positively in the coaching profession. Maybe the fans don't think he's very good, Alabama fans or whatever. Th- those opinions don't matter. It's, what matters is, is the coaching profession. He's very well respected. Now, to get a guy like Tommy Reese or get somebody like that, it had to be somebody that Nick Saban was going to have close reins over, And, and like he does say, we're going to do it this way. So it was Nick Saban that said, we need to be more spread. I think this move means that Nick Saban is finally saying we need to be more line of scrimmage while not losing our ability to throw the football. In comes Tommy Reese. Um, Chumba.
0: Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Couple of things why Tommy Reese would leave. Tommy Reese was at Notre Dame, obviously as a quarterback. Got in the coaching profession. Good friends with his dad, Bill Reese, who is a young assistant at Northwestern and then ended up going to UCLA as Terry Downey, Hughes recruiting coordinator off-campus recruiting coordinator for years. And Tommy was not only the quarterback at Notre Dame, and he got into coaching pretty early, spent a little time at Northwestern himself, then went back to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's is his heart, is his love. In the opening last year, led by Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU, Tommy Ray's, Considered too young, and rightly so, I think he certainly was too young, and and didn't expect to get hired at Notre Dame. But he saw that Marcus Freeman, who had had more experience, had been a coordinator at Cincinnati, and he's been around and considered kind of a future head coach, dynamic recruiter. I think he saw Marcus as somebody that probably was going to (coughs) be, pardon me, a better fit as a head coach, even than himself. What he was dismayed by was the fact that Notre Dame, Jack Schwabrick, was very dismissive of even him as a candidate. Oh, they interviewed him in a courtesy interview of sorts, but they did nothing really to give him an indication that he's even close to being a head coach. So as we move a year later, and I do think that, Tommy did a good job at Notre Dame. I think the big thing for Tommy was where can I go to improve my status in the coaching profession so that when future openings are there that I can be considered? Well, where do you go if you're going to look to improve your light, your lot in, in your light, in the coaching profession than Alabama. Even the guys that get fired basically don't get fired. They move on. Um, And he's been known to do that. So if you go to Alabama and it doesn't work out, Nick Saban will help you. Your career is not any worse than where you are right now because you're not considered a head coaching candidate for the future right now at Notre Dame. You go to Alabama, then all of a sudden you're two years, three years away from being a head coach somewhere. Maybe somewhere big. It was a big factor. The other thing was um, how Reese has handled quarterbacks. He teaches tough style. He's had a lot of quarterbacks. He's developed quarterbacks. He's been through quarterback competitions with his guys, and he's done a pretty good job. He also believes and loves the running game. And that goes into where I think Nick Saban is trying to go back to, let's get somebody that's going to not be focused on how does my offense look and scoring 40 points a game but playing better complimentary ball. Again, (coughs) Nick Saban's fault that he didn't put a, a guy with that philosophy in place before. And he's maybe allowed the Alabama program slip just a little bit, or at least allowed an opening for Georgia to jump ahead of him. I think he's looking to 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 uh, make a market correction there. Reese is um, is a players coach. He does, not about plays. He's you know he's good with uh, motions pre out motions, personnel groupings, but you know, he likes the tight ends in the run game. He likes to run the football. And I think he sees that he's got a proclivity for a lot of motions and shifts. And I think he can get the running game going without in, in their eyes, you know, hindering what they'd like to do in the passing game. Again, you gotta understand every time you talk about this, think about Georgia, think about how Georgia has not lost their physical identity on defense, how their defense is much better because their offensive line is much better than Alabama's as well. They play physical on physical and practice every day. They stop the run. They run the football. And, oh, boy, if you want to play, spread them out, throw it, they'll throw it. <coughs> Pardon me, the tight ends, you name it, they can do it. So it – um it is the big reason why Tommy Reese wanted to move on. And it is the reason why Nick Saban wanted to go with Tommy Reese. Is he the best offensive coordinator you can hire? No. There are far better guys that you can hire with far more qualifications, far more skins on the wall. They've got guys that have been coordinators, you know, for longer than Tommy Reese's played football but the right fit they think and we'll see is about getting more physical at the line of scrimmage and they've got to look at how they're recruiting how they're coaching it and i think that's going to come uh, in in, at least that's the plan and we'll see how well they'll do it we'll see if he can help alabama take the offense to the next level (coughs) um or if they're going to maybe take a step back in the short term before they get better, or will they just lose some of their identity and take a step back as a whole? Um, you've got a lot of things at play here, but I do think that gives you a better understanding why they went with Tommy Reese. A, there were some other guys he ran through with, and there were other guys that turned him down. And so, it, it, we're not talking about he picked these two guys out as his first choices. I can tell you Kevin Steele wasn't the first, second, or third choice, and Tommy Reese wasn't the fifth or sixth choice. He looked at other guys, but the other guys –
0: Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Some of could bring what Tommy did, but they weren't interested. Tommy was the type of guy that fit. He's a young guy that Nick's going to have a close handle over. And it's going to be, again, I think more focused on running the football. Now, here's going to be the challenge for the first year or so. They're not built to be the power run team. How quickly can they transition to a power run team? If you're not able, people are going to get frustrated. Alabama fans get frustrated because if you can't establish a run right away they're going to think well the talent's great we're ranked number 1 in recruiting every year folks that's not the best talent that's not the best recruiting class the best recruiting class is the guys that are still in your program a year from now not having 6 to 8 to 10 guys leave that is not a good recruiting class the Myers boys were going to be great offensive linemen that sets Alabama into the future either one of those guys could play it's done nothing. Two five stars that everybody led to the number one class that year, except one problem. That class not even a top 15 class. When you look at who's still left and who's playing, I mean, I'm being kind by calling it barely top 15. That's the point. You've got to identify the right type of guys, you've got to coach to a certain type of system, and that's the head coach. is on Nick Saban. Fans there don't want to admit it. And fans who don't have an understanding look and say, well, when Jeremy Pruitt and Kirby Smart were there, they didn't play this type of defense because the head coach ran a different style. We're going to run the football, play good defense, and we'll throw it off play action. That's not what Jeremy Pruitt and Kirby Smart, that's what they coached under. They didn't have to coach where your team's scoring 40 points, but your defense has no leg to stand on, no way to go. Not, you know, the great talent on the defensive front is not there. They don't play that way. They play too many snaps. They play have to play too quick. That's why guys that are perceived to be good are not playing well, not due to coaching by the coordinator, but by the coaching philosophy of the head coach so the issue is it doesn't matter that these are the two best coordinators it matters more about what the philosophy and the style is going to be now if the results are better the fans are going to say the coordinators were the answers and those two bums that left fixed it that's the simplistic uneducated answer the sophisticated understanding is it's going to be the philosophy because if they try to play it the same way and they don't have the personnel to do it, they won't win. They don't have Bryce Young to bail them out. Without Bryce Young last year, what is Alabama's record? My goodness, is it even eight and four? It might not even be eight and four. I mean, it might be seven and five. That's not Alabama. If you're relying upon your quarterback being healthy and the quarterback playing well and having abundance of talent at receiver to win, then you're no different than a mid-level Power 5 team. If you're going to be a dominant program, you need to be what Georgia is. Georgia didn't need to be great throwing the football or explosive on offense against Missouri or Kent State or two or three other games. They still won. They lose a key receiver, eh, move on. Lost a key tight end, eh, move on. They'll run the football. They got more ways to beat you. Alabama, more recently, can only beat you, spreading the football, attacking downfield, and that's not good enough. Because if you take that away or it's taken away from you, then you become an average program. Not average, but average by Alabama standards. You need to be more well-rounded where you can run the football, play great defense, and also throw it around. But you can't do that. You can't recruit and coach and have a philosophy that's finesse and then want to be Mr. Physical handing it over in the red zone. It doesn't work that way. You can't. You are what you practice. You are what you do. Okay? If you eat badly, you don't exercise, you're going to, Gain weight and not be in good health. If you eat well, you exercise, you're going to be in better health, or at least you have a better chance. What Alabama has to do is get healthy. They need to get physical. They need to be able to attack at the line of scrimmage. It doesn't mean they're going back to ground and pound. It means we're going to establish the line of scrimmage. They're not going to say this. They'll never say this publicly, but privately, I know what Nick Saban is saying in his head. We need to be more like Georgia because that's what we used to look like. And they look more like us than we do right now. Success leads to adjustments and changes. Not everybody can look like Georgia. Most programs have to become spread and finesse and do things in a tempo fashion. Ole Miss, for example, whether they're throwing it two years ago with Matt Corral or running it this past year, they're doing it in a finesse style. They have to. They're not going to have the talent overall, the depth of talent to compete with a Georgia or an Alabama on a week-in, week-out basis. Alabama can be like Georgia again. Will they? We'll see. How long will it take? It's going to be a quick transition. Georgia's got the better-looking future because you know they've got youth on their side with their head coach. <coughs> For Alabama, if it takes a couple-year of year transition, meaning if they win but don't win the national championship in the next two years, at that point we're looking, how many years does Nick Saban have left? Every year that goes by is one year left that he's got. And I don't know how many years, but let's just call it what it is. You start doing the math. You know, coaching at 78 or 80 is unlikely. 75, 76, it's, it's, it's probably as good as you're going to get out of it. Maybe you can squeeze an extra year if he's healthy. Maybe it's going to be a year less, depending on how he feels and health-wise. But there is no question that the time is of the essence for this Alabama program and Alabama team. This move is to fix things, but how quickly can they fix it? Hope you've uh, had a chance to uh, check out LandryFootball.com, where we tackle things like this and many others on the world of college football and the NFL, breaking down the game for you in a unique way from a coaching and scouting perspective. We've got the draft. It's my 41st NFL draft working in the league as a scout. You can get insights into the draft, insight into free agency, insights to the transfer portal, you name it. We got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of our scouting season offer that we have today uh, over at LandryFootball.com. Also, subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network where you can get all of our football content. Appreciate you joining us. Join us next time as we tackle another football issue on the Landry Football Podcast Network.